Hello and welcome to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. Well, the South is known for barbecue and Florida has more than its fair share of places to enjoy some slow cooked meats. One of the more unique barbecue spots in Orlando is Pig Floyd's. If you have not been there, I highly recommend you try it out. Some would call it international barbecue. And now Pig Floyd's owner is teaming up with another Florida chef to start a new pizza concept in the Mills 50 district in Orlando. So we are joined today by Pig Floyd's owner, Thomas Ward, to tell us more about everything that is happening with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, Pig Floyd's really is phenomenal. It's definitely one of my favorite barbecue spots in Central Florida. So how did you guys get started? When did you start? Because all of a sudden I was hearing all about Pig Floyd's and and I'm like, have I missed this place? Where where have you been all my life? So we started in 2014. Okay. But I come from the food truck world. Um, I started my food truck in 2011 here in Orlando. It was called Treehouse Truck, but I was doing a totally different cuisine, which was burgers and grilled cheese. And um, in 14, I decided that I had to go into a brick, brick and mortar, and somebody recommended that I go in the barbecue spot, okay. you know, in the barbecue arena, um, as sort. Um, and it took me probably more than a year to get permits, to get the location set up and the concept started. And uh, September 11, 2014, we started. Wow. And so that seems weird to me that someone would just say, oh, I think I'm just going to do barbecue. Uh, that wasn't always a passion for you? It wasn't. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not a chef. Um, <laughs> I've learned how to cook on YouTube. Wow. I brought, um, I brought in people that knew how to cook better than I did. Uh-huh. And just basically worked on getting the flavor profiles that we wanted for the concept. As I, as I mentioned before, it's international barbecue. So I wanted to bring in all different flavor profiles because my intention was always I wanted to be in one of the parks. Okay. So I designed the concept yeah. to be attractive to all the park goers that are from different areas of the world. This is, you are so unusual because most of the time when we meet with restaurant owners, especially people who start kind of smaller shops, they go into it because they have a passion for cooking whatever it is they're mm. dishing up. You are opposite. I'm not going to lie. I don't have a passion for it. <laughs> I, I like, I, I can cook. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a killer dishwasher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, my passion is obviously the business segment of it okay. and creating and creating the concept and the brand, and and that's what I've been developing now for seven, almost eight years. So you grew up in Puerto Rico. I did. But you came to Orlando in 2001. Yep, study at Rollins College. Uh Uh, International barbecue, nothing, uh, (laughs) international business. Okay. Nothing related to international barbecue. and then I went straight into real estate when I graduated. Mm-hmm. And as you know, it was a great market in 05. And when the market went down, um, I was jobless. So I went back home to work with my family in the supermarket business. And, um, and then in 2011, moved back up, up to Orlando and, and started a food truck. Yeah. And some people would say uh, starting a restaurant is risky business. Super I mean, risky. Yes. So why did you think that would be a good fit for you? Well, my family's been in the food distribution mm-hmm. and then food retail with supermarkets. Um, and I always thought I obviously like the fact that uh, it's food related, 
but my intention was always cash flow. Mm -hmm. It sounds it sounds uh, different, obviously, than the passion of just doing a restaurant. But um, the fact that somebody paid for their meal and you are uh, rotating your inventory on a weekly basis, then it, it made it attractive for me. Mm -hmm. uh, the same with the food truck. It's just, you know, I had a piece of machinery that I was using. And in, in case I, I messed up or I failed, I could sell the food truck and still get back my investment. So I guess, you know, to protect the riskiness of it, there's there's good there's good and bad, right? Uh -huh. Like any business. So, and I'm serious, wherever I go and I suggest, you know, we have barbecue, people constantly suggest, have you had Pig Floyd's? And oh, that's awesome. yes, yes, it is wonderful. Yeah. And now you're looking at going into the pizza business, which yeah. you're calling the pigza business. Pigza, yeah. But first, before we talk about that, why not, are, do you have plans to expand Pig Floyd's and open up more locations? Because right now, you know, you are on in Orlando's Mills District. Yeah. Um, I opened a second location out in Lake Nona. Unfortunately, okay. through COVID, we decided to close that. Mm -hmm. But the concept, I think, has, has the legs to expand, and I will expand it. But it might be that I expand down south to South Florida um, and Tampa. Those are the two markets that I'm currently looking at right now. What is the biggest challenge in, in introducing Pig Floyds to new audiences? Because I feel like once people try it, they love it. Yeah, and that's the difficult part. When obviously they see the menu, they're like, oh, well, this is not really barbecue because we are not a typical barbecue joint. Um, we have bento boxes, we have tacos, we have different sides that are not typical to the barbecue segment. Um, I think that the hardest thing is, is we look at as a business demographics, right? Um, we try to get close to the same amount, like the same people that are around the Mills District. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to replicate something like that uh, moving forward. So that's why I have to go into other cities and, and give it a try and see how that develops. Do you think it's more of like a younger customer base? Yeah, it's a younger customer base, families, you know, with the 2.2 kids and, <laughs> and the half dog. Right. No. right. Yeah. Um, and so tell me a little bit more about your menu for people who might not be familiar with it. You know, what are some of the things that you guys offer your best sellers? So we sell our, our best sellers are the Big Floyd, which is a sandwich that that includes three meats and French fries on top. Mm -hmm. um, we also sell six different we have a variety of tacos, six different tacos that you could do as a taco special with sides. Our sides are rice and beans, plantains, fried yuca, apple fennel slaw. Do you put something in your rice? Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend specifically who, I mean, we get the rice by the tub. Yeah. And it's amazing. I, there's yeah. like sugar or something no, in there. No, 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 no. It's simple. It's uh, water, salt, and oil. There's nothing hard about it. It's just that I like I like eating salty. Uh huh. So, so I put a little bit more salt okay. than typical and give an oil. I mm -hmm. like oily rice, and that was my main concern. Obviously, when I was beginning, it's just like that was yeah. critical to have the right the right rice. And that seems like it might have a little bit more of like a Puerto Rican influence, perhaps. Yeah. Well, that that rice specifically when when I was when we were doing the menu in Puerto Rico, we eat uh, rice and red or pink beans. Mm -hmm. We don't eat black beans. Okay. Okay. And which is what you serve at Pig Floyd's. Yeah, we yeah. do because it's more recognized, I think, in the United States. I mean, I, a lot of people don't eat pink, pink or red beans mm -hmm. here. So, 
Um, that's why I decided to go with the rice and beans. It's a Cuban recipe. Um, I adjusted it a little bit because the, the, the lady that helped us with it, she did not measure anything. So I had to follow yeah. her around in the kitchen <laughs> and kind of be like, no, we're going to measure it. Right. Yeah. So we adjusted the recipe. We added, we added a uh, Mexican chorizo to it instead of the ham hock. And, uh -huh. and it's been super popular. That and also your street corn. Yeah, the Tell street people corn. about yeah, your yeah, street yeah, corn. Yeah, yeah. So we do, we do our own cilantro sauce mm -hmm. that I think is is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, and and we use cotija cheese and uh, chili lime butter. So it's 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 a little different than your typical Mexican street corn because they they bathe it with mayo. Typically, we don't. Mm -hmm. We use our own sauce and we we put it on the top and. It's, wow. it's been one of our top sellers. It's amazing. Um, so you mentioned your secret ingredient was bringing in these chefs. Yeah. Um, also, though, your barbecue sauces are delicious. Yeah. We tried to keep it simple. We tried to put, um, I think, more of the sweet sauce has sort of a, it, it has lemon in it. So mm -hmm. it gives it like a tropical flavor. Yeah. And uh, not confuse people because a lot of people love sauces, but... Um, barbecue, barbecue can be, uh, I don't know, it could be copious. So you started on September 11th of 2014 and then less than five years later, a pandemic, global pandemic hits. Yeah. What happened with Pig Floyds? Um, to be honest, at that point when they announced that we had to close, um, I had just had record weeks in both restaurants because I had been announced the best barbecue joint by this by the Orlando Sentinel. So for me, it was just, you know, obviously a 360 degree change. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to do because restaurants, you know, we we work on cash flow and I don't have endless amounts of funds to survive something like this. So. At that point, I decided to close Lake Nona for, for the moment and then stay open at Mills. And, and we focused on doing family meals and delivering to people's homes. And that helped out enormously. Mm -hmm. that, that really helped us make it through. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I imagine at that point, you have such a following at that point that people wanted to support you and wanted to make yeah. sure that you weather this. Yeah, we had a bunch, a bunch of people wanting to support buying shirts and buying merchandise. And um, it went as far as to I delivered family meals to Miami, mm -hmm. uh, Jacksonville, Tampa. So I, I mean, I went anywhere. I didn't care. And you also somehow came up with this idea to venture into the pizza industry. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? Well, at, at one point, obviously, you're, I was super frustrated with the business. It was sort of July timeline. And I was like, either I decide to expand and double down into it or walk away and sell the concept. And um, I didn't see any future in expansion at that point, right? So I decided that maybe I should just do other concepts that I had in mind. And pizza, pizza has the most frequency other than coffee. So I decided let's go with a business that has great food costs and that people, people love to go every week. Yeah. Um, and I started going into it and I studied it. I, I mean, I think I've watched every pizza YouTube video there is. <laughs> and, uh, back to YouTube. Yeah, back to uh. YouTube. And I've learned a lot about the business by, by traveling. I traveled the whole East Coast trying pizza, seeing what I like, I didn't like. And, and also Al, who is my partner in it, 
<laughs> is super brilliant in terms of, you know, dough recipes and sauces and everything like that. So I think we're going to have a great product and we're bringing in smoked meats from my side. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a smoked pepperoni pizza, brisket and uh, pork lasagna. Some crazy stuff that Sounds I don't think delicious. has been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy stuff that's not been done in that in that arena. And then are, are you going to be focusing a lot on takeout or is this going to be kind of more of a sit down restaurant? So we have a sit down location. Uh, the location's in 1050 North Mills Avenue, which is right next to Track Shack. It's a great location. Uh, we will have to push a lot of takeout mm -hmm. because it's a smaller location. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a lot of outside seating. So we're going to try to adjust as, as best as we can. But pizza is such a big takeout business it's 60 to 70 percent typically so obviously when everything shut down everyone transitioned to takeout only and lots mm -hmm. of families you know people were afraid to go out what are you seeing right now is there this like pent-up desire for people to come back and get out and sit down at a restaurant yes or are you still seeing that larger than normal demand for takeout and delivery there's still larger than normal demand for takeout but people are going to the restaurant i mean Obviously, it's hot right now, so it's a little bit more difficult during the day. But at night, when the weather is good, mm -hmm. we're seeing that um, people go to the restaurant. We've had to turn off our phone Friday, Saturday, and Sundays because we don't have the bandwidth to be able to handle phone plus people going into the restaurant and everything. So it's been it's been interesting you guys to are see. Slammed, slammed. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're slammed on the weekends. Um, and, and during the week, too, but it's just been really, really weird, obviously, because it's changed so quickly and it doesn't follow, you know, the trends that we typically see. Not a bad problem to have to be slammed. It's not. We are seeing some issues, though, nationally as well as locally, like labor shortages. Oof. <laughs> That's the affecting worst thing. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I used to open seven days a week. I now open only six days a week because I can't. I can't find staff. Wow. Yeah. So we made the decision that, you know, everybody needs a day off. And, and what is, I mean, because people have obviously suggested a million things to solve this problem is, you know, raising wages and then perhaps raising, you know, the costs to consumers. Is that an option to try and bring in more employees? Do you see a solution? Um, you've, you've heard so many di different options, right? It's like, let's cut the unemployment checks. I don't think that's the answer. I think a lot of people left the industry when the, the pandemic started because they were let go and they don't, they're scared that another, you know, sort of pandemic ish situation happens and they'll lose their job again and they won't be able to pay their bills. So I think we lost a lot of people in the industry that decided to go into other jobs that are a little bit more, um, secure. But we'll see, you know, uh, minimum wage is coming up. Uh, so anyways, it was going to go up. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's such a crazy market right now that it's, it's a bit scary because, you know, everybody is demanding more money to come to work. And at the same time, it's increasing the pricing on all our food products. Yeah. So it's forcing us to just go up in price. And I don't know where it's going to get to because it's going to get to a point where it's in, an inflatory, you know, situation mm -hmm. where everything yeah, inflation is so inflation. obviously yeah. is yeah. a problem. Another one of the problems nationwide. So, I mean, and you're, I imagine, already seeing the impacts of that. Oh, tremendously. I mean, I could I could tell you uh, gloves. Uh, we're paying three times what we used to pay for them. 
uh, brisket during the pandemic was two fifty a pound. I'm paying five dollars a pound right now. Um, chicken, pork, all the price, even the rice has gone up. Like so, so the situation with not finding employees, it's it's creating a massive chaos in terms of pricing. So have you had to raise your prices? Yep. Yep, absolutely. I have to do it instantly because, I mean, we have to keep the company healthy mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And and I've raised staff um, mm-hmm. uh, minimum wage, basically. Uh, it's been going up. So little by little, we're increasing pricing just to make sure that we can keep up with, you know, with current labor markets. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems a little daunting with trying to open, you know, another location, yeah. a whole new concept, because yeah. now you're trying to hire more people. Yeah, I think the timing, though, um, it probably will open between September and October. I think a little bit of this um, unemployment situation is going to be quieter. Okay. I'm hoping, mm-hmm. right? And I'm hoping that people figure out that they need to go back to work. Yeah. I mean, we haven't stopped um, all my staff has been working the whole year. Um, they've taken vacation here and there, but, um, yeah. If someone comes and works for you, do they get free pig Floyds? They get a 50% discount. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's pretty good. You almost good. had me for a second. Yeah, I almost, I almost um, so what comes next? You mentioned, you know, at one point you had dreams of, you know, having a concept in a theme park. Um, yeah. you know, I've tried that. You? Unfortunately, um, it hasn't worked out. We haven't been able to get in in the parks. Um, I am going to expand Pig Floyd's. Hopefully Pigza mm-hmm. um, is also expandable. And then I'm going to be working on a breakfast brunch uh, restaurant called Peggy Floyd's Luncheonette. Okay. So I'll have three different concepts and in, um, in the three different arenas that I think I can expand. Brunch concepts seem like they would be really appealing, especially to the people who already dine at Pig Floyd's. Yeah. It's kind of a younger crowd, and the places that seem to be already open in that area seem to be doing very well. Very well. I think every breakfast place, I was in Atlanta last week. I mean, it was a Tuesday, and uh, there was a 30-minute wait time. Mm. It's it's breakfast. Breakfast brunch is such a popular... popular restaurant that i think it has it has um legs to go anywhere really i mean it's a lot easier than pizza and uh, barbecue in terms of locations would you bring someone in to make your own special sangria (laughs) we are bringing somebody in yeah i'm actually bringing a friend from puerto rico to help me out with the sangria and pizza so one of the other things on top of everything else you're doing is you launched uh, your own podcast three months ago beyond the smoke yeah, we did. Um, I think with the intention of obviously giving people a little bit of the background of being in the restaurant business, because everybody, I mean, we hear it constantly and, and other restaurant owners can, can share this with you. But, you know, I have friends that tell me that my 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 this is great. And right. I, they told me I should open a restaurant. I make the best mac and yeah, cheese. And I, I should, make the yeah. back. Yeah. Best mac and cheese. I made the best pizza. My wife makes the best pizza. She should open a restaurant. I think. Um, you know, we were discussing today in the podcast about doing, you know, food trucks and, um, and, and going out there and, and trying to test your product. 
to see if you have the capabilities of opening a restaurant. And I think it's the pop-ups of the world and all that is really cool because that way you could try if people really like your product, right? right? Not a huge investment. Not a huge investment. And uh, I recommend everybody try that. The issue is when you change into the restaurant scene, it's a totally different animal, you know? Um, It involves so much. It involves insurance. It involves all these other things that people don't really think yeah. And they go with the passion and it's cool and it's great, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard work. It's every day, you know? And you were saying too, you're not necessarily in the restaurant every day cause you're more I'm managing not. it. Yes. That is, I think, surprising to a lot of people to hear that because you would think for a variety of reasons, that's where you would be. Well, I mean, I have an office that's directly behind it. Uh-huh. Um, I am in the restaurant in some part of the day, every day pretty much, but I have a manager that manages that location mm-hmm. and, and and that's basically his baby. Yeah. So I just, I decided that that's the only way that I was able to expand because mm-hmm. there's so many other things. Like right now with Pigza, I'm dealing with construction because I don't have any construction staff as per se. So I have to deal with that portion of it, which requires a lot of, yeah, the permitting, buying furniture right now i'm buying equipment wherever i can find it so it takes time and i can't do that while managing you know pick floyd's full full steam so is beyond the smoke just a passion project for you right now it is you know but but i've gotten a lot of good feedback and people kind of want to hear more tomorrow my my dad I interviewed my dad uh-huh. um and and we've had an interesting business relationship um so everybody's really excited about listening to that. So we've just seen really good feedback and we're bringing in different people from the industry to ask them, you know, the tough questions. Um, and how important is social media for restaurant owners right now? Huge. I mean, huge. I don't, uh, you know, the big brands go into TV and mm-hmm. still spend the money on, on advertising. But for small restaurants, I mean, social media is our life. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if we were in a bigger city, it would have more effect because you would have more followers. Um, but even in Orlando, I mean, we have, I think, 12,500 followers. And it's, and it's been, I mean, seven years building that base. So it's, 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 it's all about engagement. It's all about putting, putting feelers out, saying, you know, expressing what is it that's important for your concept. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us yeah. today on Thanks Florida Foodie. Me. And a little pro tip for anyone who's listening or watching, if you're planning to have a family barbecue this summer, get Pig Floyd's. Thank you. Pass it off as your own, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. delicious. Thank yeah. you very thank much. Thank you so I much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Thomas Ward from Pig Floyd's. Pig Floyd's is online at pigfloyds.com and search Pig Floyd's on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts at clickorlando.com slash podcasts. And stay up to date on all the latest Florida foodie news at clickorlando.com slash Florida foodie.